Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Deitch. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest this week, one topic, but an excellent one. And right on the news, the guest is my colleague at The Athletic, Nate Taylor. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs for The Athletic and has done so since 2018. Before that, he covered the Pacers at the Indianapolis Star. And uh, he is a go-to source when it comes to all things Kansas City Chiefs. And I welcome him to the Sports Media Podcast. Nate, I know it's busy. I appreciate this time. Thank you. <laughs> it is busy, but uh, but I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to a, another Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. As I told you before we went on, Nate, there's not, we're not going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes versus the Niners defense. I'm not getting into defensive tendencies of Steve Spagnuolo. You're getting a break on all that. <laughs> this is media centric. Okay. Yes. So first off, you know, you've now covered the Chiefs for a number of years. So I, I would think there must be some comfort level to that. All that said, you cover one of, in my opinion, the national teams in the league. You cover one of the glamour teams. Do you, do you think there's more pressure in covering a team that has the chance to go to a Super Bowl every year? Versus, let's say, a team that's just sort of historically mid-pack. Uh, yes, I tend to believe that um, for a couple reasons. One, uh, there's sort of a personal pride uh, that you have to do this job. And, and look, I, I love uh, sports. I love how it reveals uh, people and their characters. But also, um, as a journalist, you're chronologized. You, you're... you're you're the first person to really uh, account for history. Um, it's uh, much easier to do these things <laughs> looking back than in the moment. Um, but yeah, there's there's a pride that that comes from, hey, you know, when this happened, um, especially when it's a team like you said that could go to the Super Bowl or could win the Super Bowl. You want the story, you want the reporting and the writing um, to be not only accurate and, and factual, but you want it to resonate. Uh, both in the moment and afterwards, right? I mean, um, one of the you know bonuses, I guess you could say, of uh, being at the athletic and covering this team is you know I got to go through this last year um, because we put out a commemorative book of the Chiefs uh, championship. It's called A Kingdom's Dynasty. Uh, they let me title it. <laughs> the editors at the athletic. And so we sold a, a decent amount of copies because, um, you know, I felt at the time that the Chiefs were the newest dynasty, having won two Super Bowls in the previous four seasons, having been to three Super Bowl games. Of course, we all know why they lost uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Super Bowl 55. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of pressure to get this right, to tell the stories that, um, you know, the common fan or subscriber um, doesn't know, and hopefully you dig so deep that you that you get things that really resonate, um, that are memorable, and obviously, of course, factual and accurate. So it's 
it's quite the challenge because um, just like an athlete, you want to meet the moment. So, uh, you know, I'm already preparing for, you know, should they win? Um, what does it mean? What does it say about this collection of people and how their teamwork has led them to do something that is very rare in NFL history? So um, I want to do the best I can just because that's what my parents instilled in me. And I believe our readers and sports fans should get the best um, when trying to come to our website about learning more about what happened in the game versus just, of course, seeing it on television, um, you know, that night on Super Bowl Sunday. I, uh, I spent many years at Sports Illustrated in the commemorative division, and I love that part of the job to put the sort of the book out at the end of the year. We used to, in some ways, we used to own that. We being me back at Sports Illustrated <laughs> along with the... I, uh, I remember that. I, I have the commemorative one for the for the Kansas City Royals because I'm from Kansas City. And, and, you know, you'd always compete with the local paper on that, but man, it was so much fun to do and uh, it was such a crash right after yes. right after the championship ended. But that was a that was a lot. It was good to be young. That was a lot of fun. To me, my, this and this is pure guesswork on my part. You can correct me. I would think as a general rule, the amount of people who cover the Chiefs probably is not as much as like a New York or, you know, maybe the Boston market in New England. But (laughs) here's the difference though, because the Chiefs are the Chiefs, you must also have national people floating in because they have played in so many big games in the last couple of years. So for my audience, if you could, could you just give me a sense of sort of what's like the local press corps like in terms of like numbers and stuff? And then how often do like national people just sort of parachute in? Yeah, it's great. Um, And it begins really from training camp all the way to like right now, the Super Bowl, basically. Like, um, you know, there have been a number of national reporters uh, that come in. Obviously, the the television networks are involved, too. So I get to see and chat with them quite a bit. But on the local side here in Kansas City, um, obviously, there's a Kansas City Star, uh, my hometown newspaper that I, you know, can give a ton of praise and admiration to because that's the newspaper that I read growing up um, and has you know helped leave me to this career but uh, they have a handful of writers and columnists uh, there's me uh, of course uh, for the athletic there's Pete Sweeney who uh, you know manages and really leads Arrowhead Pride which is one of the biggest uh, blogs for an NFL team um, through Vox Media uh, there's Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest of course every local television station, uh, so NBC, ABC, Fox, uh, CBS, they all have websites along with their usual, you know, uh, night coverage on television. And so it's a pretty um, diverse group. There's Adam Teicher from ESPN.com, who was their national beat reporter as well uh, for the Chiefs. So that is the majority of us um, that are here just about every day seeing the team again, we can even go back from OTAs to mandatory mini camp, the the draft, obviously, and then training camp uh, moving forward. So it's a it's a nice group. We all get along. Uh, we've all been doing this for quite a while. Um, so we all have good perspective on how to reference things or, you know, discussions of how this year is so different from the previous years or what the similarities are. Um, of course, we're all experienced covering the Super Bowl now, which was not the which was not the. Uh, so it's not the case in 2018 when we were all wondering how Patrick Mahomes was going to be as a first-time uh, starter, to, you know, considering the Chiefs traded large capital at the time to go up in the draft to select him. Um, from an 
national standpoint, and you could even argue from an international standpoint, I mean, there are journalists from Germany who come quite a bit. Uh, that was before the game in Frankfurt and obviously afterwards. Uh, there's a pretty big Spanish contingent at times uh, because the Chiefs are one of the more marketable teams in Mexico. Uh, so you have to consider that as well. They've played in Mexico City um, in the Mahomes era, too. And then, yeah, you you see just about everybody. Like I, I've had a chance to talk to um, so many national reporters. Obviously, they respect what we do here. Uh, I can try to give them perspective, whether it's from, you know, Sports Illustrated, The Washington Post. Obviously, uh, we have colleagues here at The New York Times that come through. ESPN is here just about every week. NFL Network sends James Palmer. I feel like I'm best friends with him because I see him at just about every other game. Uh, and he's kind of like become the Chiefs, uh, <laughs> you know, reporter for NFL Network. So, yeah, you you see somebody just about every week uh, because it's Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. Obviously, it's Travis Kelsey. And that's even before the media explosion of Taylor Swift, which is so funny because you know, entertainment tonight needs to understand what the practice schedule is like. <laughs> so, you know, you have people from CNN uh, who, have, who have made requests and I've talked to them from an international standpoint of what it means for Mahomes to, you know, be one of the more globally recognized athletes. So uh, when we get to Las Vegas, um, the Chiefs are the predominant storyline, even though the 49ers are obviously one of the more historical franchises in NFL history. Let me ask you this. How um, how much access do you get as someone who's there every day versus, let's say, a rights holder who might pop in and make a special request like, uh, you know, I want Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey right. for 25 minutes? Yeah, so um, for postseason, if I could sort of frame it like that, um, we don't get a ton of access. Now, you know, if Chris Berman wants to fly in like he did uh, a couple weeks ago and interview Patrick Mahomes, well, that happens. And that's usually, I believe, in like a 15 to 20 minute window. Um, for me, what has worked um, is obviously being here every day. Uh, everybody on the team knows who I am. Uh, you know, I think I have a very recognizable face, voice, uh, mannerisms. Uh, I'm one of the more energetic people on the beat. So, uh, you know, that, that I guess that serves me well at times. But usually I try to get Patrick along the way throughout the course of the season, whether that's five minutes, um, whether that's after a game. Uh, we spend a lot of time in training camp, of course. And I think that is serviceable when you get farther and farther away from it, because it's just us, right? You know, Peter King could come for training camp. He could come a couple days, you know, in the regular season. Obviously, I, I saw him in Buffalo uh, for that, you know, impressive, you know, it, that was just a very fun game. I was I was there. I, I decided not to uh, interrupt you. I mean, Peter, I work forever. I would have introduced myself to you, but I always feel like the people who actually are on hard deadline, like I don't want to oh, bother so there. Bad. Yeah, I don't want to bother. I don't want to go up to him and start chatting. It's just the worst. Yeah, yeah. And that and that ending as you were there was a little chaotic. Oh it's my like, god! Wait, wait yeah. the game's over. What yeah. he missed? Huh? Right. huh? Yeah. I have to what? <laughs> like, wait, we got to get this on the website. Um, and then I got to you know start thinking about the questions I want to ask in the locker room. And so it, it's all very like rushed moments. But I do get the sense that for me. Um, when I joined The Athletic, you know, my job I felt in 2018 was to chronicle everything Patrick Mahomes related. And of course, not knowing at the time he was going to be the league's MVP that season, that he was going to have one of the most um, historic introduction seasons 
in modern football history. I mean, he threw for 50 touchdowns. So I felt like I was always writing about him. And of course, the more you're around people, the the better it should serve you, the more rapport you have. And so I, I try to talk to Patrick a lot in the months of October, November, and early December, because then I know that there's going to be a huge national, international media wave that comes through. And of course, um, we cannot be given the same amount of access because there's just more people. Um, Super Bowl week is fun too because those are just additional weeks that you get versus obviously every other beat reporter whose season has ended. So that serves me well too. Um, I've, I've gotten quite a bit of, even during this season, um, I've gotten quite a bit of one-on-one time with Patrick and Travis. Um, and then of course, over the second half of the season, I've been really trying to build rapport with guys like Drew Tranquil and uh, Legeria Sneed and, you know, trying to get those guys because they're they're part of a uh, a pretty important defense that has, you know, been the leading force to getting them to the Super Bowl. So you're trying to stay with the trends and, and move and ebb and flow. Uh, but I understand that usually my access comes more in handy because my face is recognizable and I have seen just about everything along the way to hopefully better inform my questions with the limited amount of time that I do have. Who would you consider to be very good talkers or very press friendly on this team? Justin Reed's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Justin Reed is a safety. He's from Stanford. He's incredible. He could have a post uh, season or excuse me, a post career in media. Uh, obviously we all know Travis Kelsey is uh, impressive in these regards. Um, you know, when I come to Travis with something really good uh, he's great, and he's obviously been in a unusual circumstances based on right. uh, his his dating environment. But he's very good. I, I think you know Patrick, uh, as I've learned over the course of the year or over the course of my career here, really loves history. And I think, I mean, I'm saying this to you, <laughs> Richard. So so stay with me. I don't take a ton of notes during the game. I am someone who just figured out over the course of time that like I can remember things quite well. Right. Um, and so I think what me and Patrick have in common, even though we haven't, we've talked about it like maybe twice. And again, this is a while ago. We are both photographic memory people. Oh, wow. That's so, cool. So I could tell him, yeah, man, 2019 week blank against blank third and whatever and like he he knows exactly what i'm talking about or he'll reference it back to me and i know what he's talking about like anytime i tell him fourth and nine fourth and nine is 2018 against the baltimore ravens in the fourth quarter he scrambles to his right he makes a just insane completion to tyree kill in the middle of the field for a huge game they tie the score they win in overtime so like there's all these moments that i can sort of reference and we don't it's almost like we don't have to go through the 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 getting to there, we can get there a lot quicker, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. But um, so Patrick is obviously uh, very accommodating when he has time. Um, I think that's one of the brilliant things about him is like he almost I think he gained a lot of knowledge from Peyton Manning and he's only gotten better in terms of media access when you do get chances to talk to him. Um, Steve Spagnuolo is a defensive coordinator. I just wrote a, a, a profile of him. And his defense uh, a couple weeks ago, he's been very, uh, you know, accommodating and he really teaches you defense like kind of like you're a player, which is great, uh, because then I can sort of use that information and sort of build off 
when you do actually talk to the players and get their perspective on it. So Drew Tranquil, um, Chris Jones is very gregacious. He's he's just a funny character. Um, and he's very talented at football as well. So they have a number of good guys. Um, and so the, the, the question always comes for me is how do you prioritize this list? Because it's just me and there's 53 guys in there and that's not even including the, the coach and the assistant coaches. So you try to manage your time as best you can. But most of the guys on the team are pretty open to telling you what's going on. Uh, and then, of course, the biggest challenge is finding out if a player is struggling, why that player is struggling. And can you get real substantive information from them in the midst of them struggling? I'd be remiss, obviously, because it's such a big media story not to talk about the nexus of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Um it would probably it probably is a very different experience for you who's there every day um with the chiefs versus somebody who's you know uh you know whatever the Nance Romo crew sort of comes in and like gets a sense of like the the fervor over this um so a couple things on this one like have you had and I think you sort of referenced this earlier have you had non traditional sports people floating through the Chiefs facility to try to ask Travis Kelsey about this relationship. Are there certain rules that um, either Kelsey or the Chiefs sort of have talked to you guys about to be like, I just don't want to be answering questions about my girlfriend like every week. How have I, I get that you, what you cover is different, but right. but also the reality is like the um it's an almost um unicorn situation where one of one of if not the most famous person in the United States like has a connection with the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> right. Again, just just saying that out loud is is just I mean, it's it's mind-blowing. Um but yeah, so uh the day she arrived here at Arrowhead in week 3 uh was m- quite memorable because the Chiefs were playing the Chicago Bears and kids I don't know what in the world I was going to write about because the Bears at the time were awful. Um, so Taylor Swift did me a favor that day because it's like, well, the only thing that matters now is will Travis Kelsey score a touchdown? And we, you know, he scored in, I believe, in the fourth quarter. So it, or in the second half. So it was it was memorable. I remember that day very vividly. Uh, just the excitement, uh, the fact that she had sort of surprised people in the organization. Uh, who weren't sure she was necessarily going to come or, you know, wanted to wanted to see it before they believed it Um, with other reporters. Now, yes, it is fun to explain to people how this all works. Um, The one of my favorite moments of the season is, you know, the way these things just align up. The Chiefs are playing a game in Germany. It's against the Miami Dolphins. The immediate storyline there is this is the first game the Chiefs will play. Uh, where Tyreek Hill is on the opposing team since their memorable trade to send him to Miami in March of 2022. But none of that matters. Because <laughs> German media and media from all over the world now want to know what's really going on with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And there was a big speculation whether, uh, because it was part of their bye week right after the game, whether Travis would meet Taylor Swift in Argentina, which in fact did happen, or whether Taylor would sort of take a break from her mini part of her tour and be in Germany. Um, One of the reporters, God bless her, asked Travis Kelsey to his face, are you in love? (laughs) So 
Uh, it's been a circus. It's been an enjoyable circus, not one that's been like super controversial. Um, but yeah, within the daily job, um, we know that Taylor is a subject of some kind. Like I asked him earlier today, like, hey, what did it mean to have everybody that is important to you? Like your mom, your dad, your brother, and of course, Taylor. They're all at the AFC Championship game. They're all at the the divisional round game in Buffalo, like, you know, for this stage of his career, how, you know, he's not going to have many more of these type of moments, or he might not, I should say. Um, so there's times where you can ask him about Taylor. He understands that. But yeah, there's an understanding that like, we don't need to ask him everything about Taylor Swift, but Hey, you're the guy who went on Saturday night live and you were a surprise guest appearance on a specific skit. And then Taylor introduces the musical act, uh, because you guys just so happen to be in New York because the Chiefs played the Jets uh, later the next day. So it's again, it's a it's a very unusual <laughs> season in a lot of ways. But it is it is cool to try to explain to people um, both in the entertainment industry or reporting industry. And then, of course, from an international standpoint where you're talking with European media a lot that, yes, this may be somewhat reminiscent of the Beckhams uh, of a certain era, but they're not married yet and they don't have kids yet. (laughs) And like, this is the first season. We don't need to go like super crazy. Uh, So I'm trying to bring realism, but also trying to explain that like, yeah, he can't travel with her because he has practice and practice as at this time. And the team flies on Saturday and like, he can't necessarily leave the game and like go see her. And then, you know, like, Andy Reid is one of the most old school coaches in the league. He will be on the team plane after the game. It's interesting. The Beck- Beckhams are a good analog. I haven't seen enough of that, but that's given how popular the Spice Girls were at the time. Yes. Given Beckham, you know, I, th- I would argue Beckham's star in England is bigger than Travis's oh, star yes. in uh, yeah, I mean, the he U.S. Was, just he was because the guy for the national team, yeah, when, right? Yeah, because we don't have a football national crazy. team. That's right. sort of the difference. Um, all right, so to me, like. Interestingly enough, given how famous Taylor Swift is, it really hasn't gotten insane in terms of Kansas City, like the you know the media component that you're part of. But and here let's we're going to move to Vegas now. So you'll be in Vegas next week. The world's NFL media will be in Vegas next week, and I would think that because of the Taylor Swift connection. Vegas is going to have a flood of entertainment type of reporters or like you oh, said, yes. international reporters. So <laughs> what would be your expectation here? And, you know, media day is always like a, I find it as a media, per, like a person who writes about media, like fascinating and interesting. Yeah. I know if you're an NFL person, sometimes it's like, holy shit, this is useless. I mean, <laughs> I get it. Like I used the may he rest yeah. in peace, the great Dom Banks. We used to do at SI.com a live media day blog. And I was the person watching it on TV, giving notes. And Don was the person on the field forwarding stuff to me. He could not have been more like cynical and funny about all the <laughs> nonsense. But this year, Nate, I think you'd have to agree, assuming Travis Kelsey has his own booth, which I can't see him not because he's, he's one of the the star players of the Chiefs, Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, Would you, I mean, would you not anticipate like this is going to be off the chart insanity with him that day? 
Look, I've been at Super Bowl Media Day when when a grown man who I don't know uh, dressed up as Andy Reid's pump pass and kick, uh, <laughs> you like full on uniform, old school L.A. Rams uniform. Yeah, yeah, famous Monday Night Football clip. I think that's yes. Right. Yeah, again. Ladies and gentlemen, a grown man decided to do this and then have a microphone and ask Coach Andy Reid, how do I look? Um, so that's one of my favorite <laughs> opening nights uh, at, at the Super Bowl. That was in 2020, I guess. That was the 2019 season. Um, so if someone's doing that, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine, actually, people dressing up similar to Taylor Swift, whether it's a, a certain type of outfit, you know, obviously Taylor Swift is known for the red lipstick. It just so happens that the Chiefs most dominant color is red. Um, so yeah, I think there's going to be kind of a, a red carpet feel to it would be my guess. Mostly for two, maybe three people. Um, you know, I, I think one of the more interesting and I'm not going to write this because <laughs> the athletic does not pay me to write this, but I guess I'll give the idea out. One of the more interesting things, and I wonder if this will become something that comes up on media night or throughout the course of uh, everybody being in Las Vegas is the dynamic relationship between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. The fact that they have a bromance, as I like to write all the right. time, <laughs> that has led them to be one of the best, you know, passing combinations in NFL history. Taylor Swift has gotten very close with Brittany Mahomes, the wife of Patrick Mahomes. And so I wonder how much of Taylor's time with the team, basically since uh, late September, how much that will be. Uh, sort of expanded upon or, or there will be new details involved uh, in that because I just think it's going to be it's going to be a great collection of human beings. <laughs> so that's the way I can put it. That's really because funny. Because there will be people who are trying to find hard news uh, whether that's injury related or whether the Chiefs have an advantage or whether the 49ers uh, have an advantage and there's going to be people who, who are probably going to ask every member of the Chiefs and I cannot be more serious about this I anticipate there's going to be someone who's going to ask every Chiefs player their favorite Taylor Swift song. Yep. By the by the way, that's that Saturday, let's say, uh, right before the game. If you thought the Otani flight tracker stuff oh, on social media was a lot, like wait until making the presumption that Taylor Swift will leave Tokyo following her last show there to mm -hmm. head to Vegas. You, you you are going to see your head is going to spin in terms of the <laughs> people tracking because that's not going to be just sports people like right. that's going to be her millions and millions of fans and then any quite frankly news I mean the fact is like you know me and you cannot be uh, hypocrites here like the New York no. Times put on the front of its website an athletic story that we did on how Taylor Swift will get back to Tokyo and by the way rightly so. That's of yeah. massive interest to people. So especially especially with her kind of I mean she I don't know if she said it like flat out, but like or, and I mean someone in her team has has sort of confirmed this. But on the field after the game Sunday when the Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens, uh, she made it kind of clear that like, yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> right, right. Well, she went on the field. I mean, at the at the yeah, at the end of the, the day. Game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she made that. And listen, the, the fact personally, I, I never thought I would be 
rooting for Taylor Swift, but given all the idiots who are so upset of Hirsch being shown yes, during games yes. and, and just the whole, like, you know, she's a psych op by the CIA. <laughs> I find myself, I can't believe it, because trust me, my, generally speaking, my musical love is punk and hip-hop, but I now find uh-huh. myself rooting for Taylor Swift because of this nonsense. But, you know, like you said, by being on the field, I, I think she sort of declared that, yeah, like, I want to support my uh, boyfriend here and I want to be part of this and quite frankly that's awesome one of the great things about sports is like your family's allowed on the field after championship yeah. games uh, yeah you, exactly. you, you should celebrate and, and we were all trying to be respectful of it but also like yeah no I thought I thought that, the, the press corps was ex- definitely ex- her over yeah, there yeah, the C- I mean listen if you're CBS you have to you have, have a camera to show it yeah, yeah you, you have, have to have a camera to. quite frankly you got to have a camera operator following yeah. her at the Super Bowl because that's a shot that millions of people are going to want to see i am curious as we sort of head back to some more hardcore like sort of process and media stuff for you you've covered the team all year so you have a a massive base of which to choose from when it comes to the chiefs you've also probably written a ton more stories on topics that i think the national press coming in will write like you know what i mean you've written You've written every meta story that can be done on the Chiefs where, let's say, I'm just making this up. I'm from USA Today. I, I go to the Super Bowl. I could do a Steve Spagnuolo takeout. Like, oh, my, for sure. My yeah. my bosses will be like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, you can't. You've done like that probably in right. different ways multiple times. So how does someone who covers this team on a daily basis, like, what are you thinking about in terms of what you want to provide during Super Bowl week? Oh, this is great. Um, because, you know, I can't remember who exactly uh, – taught me this but like you know when everyone zigs there's 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 an allure to zach (laughs) so you know uh to some ways yes i have i have uh given our readers um my best reporting and hopefully quality writing on steve spagnolo that has happened already uh so obviously i'm not going to double dip now what's interesting is like my editors have asked me to write travis kelsey's entire season uh or his entire year basically uh so that's sort of the big one that i have to yeah to not surprised I, I mean honestly that's that's it's like uh you know, 1893 and someone tells you to go to San Francisco because there's gold there. You have to write that, you know? Right. So, so again, this, that story, uh, which hopefully will be on The Athletic later on uh, before the game, of course, is uh, they want me to write the day after last year's Super Bowl all the way up until, you know, the AFC Championship game. Like, take the reader through just how you know cuckoo crazy this entire season has been and oh by the way he's still leading them to the super bowl that that whole thing um but while everybody's writing like again a big takeout or a profile of mahomes in this iteration um i like to get as a little bit more specific or a little bit more uh down in the weeds i guess you could say um one character (laughs) that i'm fascinated to talk to because again every one of the best things about the nfl um for these two weeks not seeing the regular season, but they do make everybody available um, to reporters. So I like to spend a lot of time talking to assistant coaches um, and secondary players. One most notable is Kadarius Tony, who uh, chose to go on Instagram Live to criticize the team for not playing him in the AFC Championship literally hours before the AFC Championship kicked off, but he's still practicing. He's still a part of the team. And will he play against the 
San Francisco 49ers. What does this mean for his future with the team that traded for him literally a year ago? And by the way, his most important play in his entire career is the longest punt return in Super Bowl history from a year ago. So again, like I'm going to try to get stuff that I haven't been able to get all year, um, which is specific to like maybe a guy or two. Um, you know, something that fascinates me is the fact that Clyde edwards is going to, he's attending nursing school classes online at Louisiana Tech. So, so that's a human interest story about a player who, again, is not Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, uh, but he's been a contributor. He's been a very good player this year as like the second, uh, you know, he's basically the top backup at running back behind Isaiah Pacheco. Um, but yeah, his mom's a nurse, and so hopefully, uh, Lord willing, I'll get the chance to talk to his mom about like what his career, uh, you know, is sort of trending towards um, once his NFL career is over. Um, and so there's all these, there's so many stories in the Super Bowl. And one of the things that I just do because I feel like it's, I feel like it's better for everybody, right? It's better for the reporters who are coming in who don't know everything. It's better for their audience. It's better for their readers is, um, you know, if Jory Epstein comes to me, who I love, uh, if she comes to me, she works for Yahoo. If Jory Epstein comes to me and says, hey, Nate, I need to know about this or can you help me with that? Like, I will give her the answer. And I'll point her in the direction of who she should talk to just because I think that's that's how we do journalism the best we can, because, you know, I understand what it's like to be someone who's parachuting in or someone who's not with the team um, all the time. So I'm helping out national people as well. Obviously, James Palmer and I trade uh, notes and anecdotes all the time and just you're trying to get a perspective of like, you know, how we think the team is performing or, or what might be interesting next. But. Um, it's great to, to see people who are trying to write something you've written earlier, because that's, I guess, a sign of, of good, <laughs> good journalism. But also they're trying to find a way to elevate it or a way to push it forward. And um, obviously, I, I admire and respect them for, for being able to do that as best they can, even though they might not have the same institutional knowledge or the same background or even, as I said earlier, the same photographic memory that I have. So um, it's it's wild to see it. I think when you experience it the first time, it's a bit odd because you're like, I did that already. But I understand the bigger picture of this all now because you do get more experience because I am older and hopefully mature and wiser. But yeah, like there's there's it's OK for people to do something that you've done already. It's your job to continue to push further and what you want your readers to get out of it or what you think is important or what is newsworthy. Um, so I'm going to try to to do a good job of balancing both, but understanding that uh, I can't be everywhere at once. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Final two. Um, how challenging is it from someone in your position to beat like an Adam Schefter or an Ian Rappaport when it comes to transactional news, let's say, about your team? Mm-hmm. 
how difficult yeah is it the one uh, th- the one of the things that sort of has changed in yes. most major sports it's not just the nfl by the way nba right. everybody yep. knows who the two premier news mm-hmm. are nhl it's a little more disparate actually i mean the athletic has a couple of those guys but um they don't own that sort of thing but i'm always interested for local people because in many ways like where once upon a time like the Kansas City Star would have probably broken every Chiefs trade transaction, all that stuff. It's very hard now to beat the national people. We could probably do a whole podcast on how the national people are sourced, <laughs> agents, front yeah. office, the league, et cetera. But I just wonder yes. from your how do, as someone who's there every day on a beat, like how do you look at something like that? Yeah, it's it's a, it's extremely difficult. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, <laughs> Richard, but like um, you just try the best you can. Uh, again, you know, there's sometimes where, you know, I'm able to get ahead of things from an injury standpoint and that's just because I'm there, you know, I know who's on the athletic training staff. Obviously I know agents, you know, uh, coaching staff, all that. And of course the x-ray room is just right over there. So like sometimes I can get a sense or I can get some injury news maybe quicker than like, you know, the national guys, uh, which is, you know, which is, you know, to my advantage, I guess, to some degree, um, you know, one of my things that I've tried to get better out and, you know, um, it's difficult as well is understanding why the moves are happening even before they happen. Um, and of course, we try at The Athletic to be deeply reported, to provide all the context, all the nuance. Um, and so if a trade does happen, hopefully, Lord willing, I'm not like completely stunned by it. I will understand the reasons why for it, and I'll try to get every detail possible. So I might not get the trade the moment it happens. I might not be the person that tells you why or that tells you that it's happening, but I do want to be the one that most informs you as to why it happens and what it means moving forward. Um, and I remember that very vividly with the Tyreek Hill trade. I knew the day Tyreek Hill got traded, he was getting traded. Um, it's just difficult to sort of pin that down <laughs> when there are other people competing for it. And I believe it was Adam Schefter at the time, if my memory is correct. Um, but I had what I felt at the time was a lot more detail. Um, and I tried to write it as best I could that day. Um, and I think the story came out very, very well. Um, just explaining all the friction that was occurring before this ever sort of, you know, before the, the trade really happened. The idea that Tyree kind of knew he wasn't coming back. Um, and obviously what that meant for the franchise as a whole. So, you know, there are days where you're trying your best, you're reaching out to as many people as you can that are sources that you trust, that are educated, who could be a part of uh, a decision that gets made. And ultimately, if they choose somebody else, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, I just have to keep reporting more um, and, and try to do my job to the best of my abilities. Um, it does help when uh, when it goes the opposite direction, right? Um, one of the best things about this last training camp was Chris Jones, the Chiefs' best defensive player, was not there. He was holding out. He was one of the few players to hold out and actively choose to lose money every day that he was not with the team. Um, and so I got one of the more pivotal details, which is what he was actually asking for. And so I was the first reporter of anyone to report that he was asking for a contract of $30 million per year. And so it's always good when you report something like that and then it eventually gets, you know, confirmed from other reporters and other sources. Um, But that was something that I had worked tirelessly, basically from 
the, I mean, the combine all the way to training camp. And that takes obviously months and, you know, several um, conversations and obviously trying to understand the way that the negotiations are going on on both sides, of course, and the larger context of, of what his contract could mean for other players and other agents and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I know I'm getting deep in the weeds here, but, you know, I was the first reporter at the combine to tell people that, no, Chris Jones wants to be paid at least the second highest defensive tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald. And then a couple of months later, I actually got the number as to what that equated out to, which was $30 million a year. And Aaron Donald at the time was at 31.6. Um, and that was a pretty big gap from two to three. So uh, anytime you report something, and again, it's real, it's actual, it's factual, and other people report it, okay, that's fine. I understand how it goes both ways, but it's always a difficult task, and you're just trying to manage it as best you can, because um, again, I'm only one person. Last one. Uh, do you know what you're doing on game day? Do you already have your assignment? Kind of? <laughs> uh, yes. You know, because I've been with the team all year, I am. I kind of become the point guard. It's a really fun uh, job. Uh, you know, I'll have Zach Kiefer with me and Tashawn Reed, who I love. Uh, obviously, we'll have our editors there, Allison, Sarah Goldstein. Um, Mike Sando's going to be there. Sometimes I lean on Mike Sando because I don't want to like, in, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too involved with what he's trying to do. But he's also like, I need help because you know you've been with the team, you know, all this time, and so it's like you're trying to be the best point guard. But ultimately, um, I have a general idea, and I don't totally want to say it here, but I have a general idea of what happens if they win, what happens if they lose. Got it. Got it. Um, and then trying to point people in a certain direction, like. You know, I remember back being at the newspaper, you know, they would say, hey, you have the pivotal moment. You have, you know, the secondary sidebar on right. insert player here. Um, win or lose, you're writing about that person or you're writing about this coach or this decision uh, that ultimately will be made. And so now it's cool to be um, in a position where it's like, yeah, training camp started on July 18th, kids. The Super Bowl will be on <laughs> February 11th. And I've been the only person <laughs> for the athletic who's been there every step of the way. And it is my job to be the point guard to help everybody when the when the clock strikes zero to give everybody the best chance for them to succeed. In addition to me trying to write the end of the season sort of story um, when you don't have control of, of the outcome. Like, I have no idea if they're going to win. I have no idea if they're going to lose. But you try to be as best prepared. Um, and you try to be a good point guard, a good teammate for, for your colleagues. Do you make a pick uh, at some point on the athletic for the game or do you not do they that? They probably will ask me of one. I think, we, I think we did a round table last year and I did pick the Chiefs to win uh, in a very close game uh, against the Philadelphia good Eagles. Call. So, I mean, I, nice guess, work. I guess that was cool. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they will ask. I'm, I'm assuming they'll ask me to make a pick, which I don't know, guys. I mean. Yeah, in your in your I mean, it's not a like, you're banned from making the pick like somehow. <laughs> no. But I also don't, I think right. given what you do, there's maybe sometimes value in you and like your equivalent on the Niners. Yeah. Actually not picking. Yeah, David Lombardi. Or yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I think the, it makes more sense to me. Like if like the Sandos and Diane Rossini's and Jeff Howe make the pick, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, it's sort of right. like a, in some ways, I mean, I could see it both ways, but in some, I, I mean, I hate to say this because it's sort of in some ways playing off social media, but in some ways you don't need to, you don't need that headache depending on who you pick either way. Does that make right. any sense? 
Yeah, no, it does. Um, I, I made the pick with uh, with my guy uh, Paul in Cincinnati for the AFC Championship game last year. I picked against the Chiefs. I said, uh, he can't move, guys. Right, right. He being Patrick Mahomes with the high ankle sprain. I was like, I've been at practice. I don't know how he's going to do this. And then he did it, kids. So, look, uh-huh. anytime you make a pick, you understand that, like, I'm projecting uh, the best possible guess I can. But, like, I had to respect the Cincinnati Bengals. They had beaten them before in the AFC Championship game. And, again, their most important player is physically hurt. Like, he's compromised to some degree, um, which only explains the, the brilliance of how Mahomes was able to perform under, you know, such adverse situations. But, but yeah, like, there's been times where I've picked against the Chiefs and I've been totally okay with it because I, I am projecting that the other team, based on all the information we have in front of us, is probably the better team. It's just it doesn't happen a ton because uh, the Chiefs happen to have the best coach in Andy Reid or the or the most successful coach right now in the league in Andy Reid. They have the most talented quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, who's healthier this time than last time. And I know it's not a big thing, but I just wrote about him. They have the best kicker in the league now. Harrison they do. Bucker you, has, yeah, yeah. I read, we're, as we're taping this, uh, yeah. I just read that piece. It was a great piece. Yeah. And I lo- that guy, Thank you. he's unbelievable. Like, he doesn't yeah. miss ever in big situations. And right. it's a massive... So, it's it's such a massive weapon. I mean... It is. Like, as someone who lived in Buffalo, so I, I have fondness for that team, and I, obviously, I would like to see that city win. The In that game, such a major difference in that you knew Butker was going to make his kicks... And Tyler Bass, who's had a rough year, you weren't sure if he was going to be able to sort of make a pressure kick in that situation. And, yeah. and it's such a difference. He, Buckner reminds me of like Justin Tucker. It, it just like yes, you, he's essentially so. like you you have these guys, they're such weapons, and it it gives you such freedom to make different moves as a coach. So I'm with yeah. you. And, and that. again, be you know, being the point guard, uh, my guy Zach Kiefer, you know, one of our national writers, he's gonna write about like, hey. Obviously, if the Chiefs win, the easiest comparison to make is, oh, they they literally are the new New England Patriots. Yeah, no, and, it, and the, it, I think that's a legit story. Yeah, and the point I made to Kiefer is, I think you got to talk to Harrison Bucker next week, man, because he's Adam Vinatieri all of a sudden. Well, not just that. Um, there's, a, I'm not going to sort of get you going on this because we do another hour. Uh, yeah. There's a legitimate story or argument, or argument's not the right word because it's pejorative. There's a legitimate discussion to have that, not only is Patrick Mahomes, the I think, the second-best quarterback of all time, but at a certain point, especially if he wins another Super Bowl, you have an interesting discussion about where he would mm-hmm. rank next to Brady. And so Oof. Um, Oof. And he's only 28. So yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's he's, crazy. He's a re- it's, you have an interesting team, it goes without saying, to, uh, to cover. Follow all of Nate Taylor's work in The Athletic. Um, if you are interested in the Kansas City Chiefs, there's really no better resource to read than Nate. You can follow him on Twitter slash X, of course, and get entry into that. He'll be a big part of the athletic Super Bowl coverage. And uh, and like he said, you know, this is what happens when you cover one of these big events. If the uh, if the person who's there every day is sort of willing to guide you and, and give you some thoughts or give you contact information, I mean, just makes your job as a writer or reporter that much easier i can't thank you enough nate for your time and your insights and i think people are really going to uh appreciate just learning more about one of the glamour teams in the nfl have a great week at the super bowl get some sleep and thank (laughs) you for joining me on the sports media podcast 
Yes, yes. Thank you, Richard. And uh, believe me, I'm, you know, Holly, my wife is coming with me, so she will demand that I get sleep. It's, it's going to be our first time in Vegas, so I don't know. It, it could go a number of ways. It could. <laughs> I got to be honest, Nate. I've known a lot of people for their first time in Vegas. Whew. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, I it, know. It changed their life. <laughs> good, luck to you. good luck to you guys. Thanks, Nate. Thank you. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Nate Taylor for uh, that was a great conversation. Uh, really, really interesting, especially if you're into like beat reporting. Um, I hope you guys appreciated that. Head to the archives if you like these kind of conversations. Uh, we just did Ray Ferraro and Sean McDonough, ESPN's NHL broadcasters. Check that out. Roundtable with John Lewis, a sports media watch. Chantel Jennings on women's basketball. Had Paul Feinbaum not too long ago on this podcast to discuss uh, Nick Saban retiring. Uh, Hubie Brown was on this podcast not too long ago. The director and producer of Fox's top NFL team, the Olsen Burkhardt team, Rich Russo, Richie Zients again. Uh, if you like it, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That's how this podcast continues. want to thank Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work. Thank you to everybody at Odyssey for their support. And thank you for listening. We will see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast. giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.